Crime Time is a conglomerate cesspool of filth. Please be advised. The small, well-thought-out parts are a choking hazard. Please keep from children under 12. Listening to an entire episode is hazardous to your health. All persons depicted are fictitious. Thanks for listening. This is Crime Time, Vance speaking, home of the Conjugal Visits. Sidekicking here. Hollywood. He's a wingman and uh, good to have him on board. We recently ordered um, Old Habits Die Hard, kind of a biography of Risk One's uh, career. Yeah, the guy's uh, at least over three decades now. Pioneered the graph clothing industry with the third rail designs. Handled the West Coast. He's been all across the map. Now he's basically seen all over the world. I mean, if you haven't heard of the guy, to me it's pretty laughable, and you probably should just retire. Um, you can also pick that book up at riskrock.com. Um, support an artist, we do. And, uh, I mean, the guy definitely puts a lot of blood, sweat, and years in, so. So, hey, Doc, uh, you ready to start this thing up, or? You remember, man? I went first the other night, man, so batter up for you. Oh, you sick creep. So, Risk, um, it seems like a lot of things have changed in the graph game, um, obviously from digital cameras to the quality of spray paint to self-promotion, biting. Everything's kind of been rearranged, and not just in the graph game, but also in the world. What do you miss most about the old school days? Oh, man, uh, everything. <laughs> you know, I miss having limited cans. I miss, you know, stealing paint all day and painting all night. You know, I miss all that stuff. Not to say that I don't like where shit is now, but I definitely miss everything about that subculture that's kind of disappeared. So, Risk, growing up in uh, Los Angeles in the 80s, uh, surfing waves, catching tags, running from Ponch and John, did you ever envision yourself making a living off graffiti and traveling all over the world full-time? And when did you know that this was your niche? Yeah, man, for sure. Like People ask me that a lot. They said, you ever think you'd be in galleries and museums, stuff like that? And I did because, you know, I bought into graffiti like 100%. Like, that was my life. And I was just like, you know, I dedicated my whole life every second of the day to it. And I wanted to do something with it, you know. I thought there could be nothing better than me supporting myself and living off of, uh, I had, you know, I ran away in high school, so I had to support myself. And the only thing I knew was art, you know, so I was just doing whatever I could do via art to support myself. It seems like to support yourself, uh, you started a business, uh, Third Rail. Why don't you uh, speak on that? Yeah, I started Third Rail. The way I started was, um, you know, I was just, you know, being hungry. Like on the weekends, I would, I, I had a studio and I had this old pinball machine that we stole. We had it in the studio and we'd print these t-shirts and, you know, we'd burn screens in the shower and stuff. And, and um, we'd print t-shirts on the on the pinball machine. We'd go down to Melrose and just sell them out of the back of a backpack just to get, you know, food money and shit like that. Some Japanese guy came up and he, he was like, I like it. I want to bring it to Japan and, and started buying them and it slowly turned into a business. And it definitely took off. Um, as it blew up, um, was there any other graffiti businesses like Third Rail that you guys were um, competing with? Or were you guys the first business? Or Well, yeah, there was. You know, like there was Con Art and there was uh, Fat Cap and there was all these other brands. But we hated that shit because we were like, any real graffiti artist is not going to advertise with spray cans or markers on shirts that they're graffiti artists. So we, we kind of started making clothes for graffiti artists that didn't advertise we were graffiti artists. We did stuff on there that we thought the normal people wouldn't look at and figure out. They, they didn't understand it, but they didn't think it was graffiti either. 
So Risky Biz, I got a copy of the uh, Old Habits Die Hard, your uh, book right here, catchy title. Um, how long has this book been out? Yeah, it's around uh, a couple months. I, I forget. So I suppose when you're making a book, you've got to recollect all these photos and go back. And what is it like and what's the process that you used to keep all of your photos in order after 30 years of painting? That's the crazy shit about that, because, you know, when Roger made the book, he thought I had a bunch of photos, and I thought I had nothing, because, you know, I, I've been kicked out of studios and, and you know, lost spots and robbed and all kind of other shit, so I lost tons of photos. I remember getting evicted out of one studio and going through the dumpster and grabbing boxes of photos as many as I could, but there were still boxes missing, you know, so I don't think that I have... <laughs> like a lot of stuff I just I just happen to have one big crate of shit that Roger thought was a lot of stuff you know but yeah I think I lost a ton of shit that's terrible to hear about all those flicks gone uh, speaking of Roger though what was it like working with uh, Roger Gassman yeah, he's been involved for many years magazines books selling caps in the early days trading uh, caps for uh, chick picks. the guy seems like a pretty hardcore guy you know tell us about him yeah, Roger's a great guy. You know, I, I know Roger for when he was doing While You Were Sleeping. I used to advertise Third Rail there, so we've known each other forever. And he's kind of a historian. Like, and when I talk to Roger, he reminds me of things I forgot. And I was like, "Remember when you did that?" And I was like, "Oh shit, nah, I forgot about that." So you know, it was his idea to do the book. And I was like, at first, I was like, you know, I want to do a book of all my new shit, the stuff that I really like. And he was like, "No, you have to do this book first. And that, you know, my book is really a story. It's a biography about it's my story." It's not so much art, you know, that art is like very old and like, you know, terrible, but it's just, you know, the story that I had to do first, so I could do the second book of the art that I kind of like, you know? You know, Risk, when I first got this book and started reading through it, um, I noticed something different about your book that I've noticed in other books, is that it was real personal, you know, discussed your family and uh, mainly uh, your life uh, seemed to be at the forefront. You know, was that your idea? Um, who set that up for, for that to be the real premise of the book? Yeah, that was all Roger, man. Like, he, he had shit that just blew me away. He's like, you know, he found, like, he looked online and found, like, my parents' divorce papers. And he found a lot of shit, you know. Like, when he'd come to my house and just dig through shit, he'd show me shit that I didn't even know I had, you know. It's crazy. Damn, Roger's killing it. Um, what projects is he currently working on right now? Yeah, his newest book is called Wall Writers, and it's pretty dope because it's about the early writers. Uh, before all the, the legends that we know, like C, Don D. Lee, all that stuff. Before all those guys, it was like, you know, the talkie and the, the wall writers. He just did a book on those guys. It's pretty crazy, too, because that book as well is all about their family and, and friends and photo albums. And it's like actually scanned photo albums. Are like they, they used to draw on all the captions. Are, you just got to check it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, uh, but MSK always seems to come up, you know, on the radar uh, worldwide. I mean, what is it about MSK that's just so magnetic? What? How did you get involved, and and how is it such a powerhouse crew? Well, MSK is a unique crew because everyone's got different styles. You know, you see all these crews, and they have a crew style. And MSK, everyone has individual styles. You might find a couple of similarities with little things here and there, but overall, everyone's style is different. And they're also seasoned dudes because, like, you know, in L.A., we had WCA that morphed into AWR and, and uh, all these other crews. And by the time we got to MSK, everyone was established. So they already had their kind of uh, career and their goals. And everyone is a like-minded individual in MSK because they're, like, they're in it to win it. Like, it's 100% art. It's not just a hobby. It's not something they do on the side. It's what they do, you know, 110%. 
So I think that just transpires, and that's what you know people see, and it's noticed. It's definitely seemed to have shaped graffiti style in general. Uh, definitely nationwide, but you know, worldwide too. So better you guys have gotten and pushed it. It's pushed uh, the world. So that's, I mean, that's an impressive, hard to even, you know, mentally digest the, the power behind that. So historically, you know, man has always written down things and for thousands of years we've held it in our hands and read it. Uh, do you think that having a magazine or a book in your hands is more powerful? than, say, a tablet or a laptop? Yeah, I think anything you can hold in your hand that, you know, is more powerful. I don't know, I just, you know, but that that can be a generation thing, too. Like, you know, my daughters are completely comfortable reading books on, on the computer, and I can never do that. If I can't flip the page, I can't read the book. It's just something that's inbred in me. So maybe it's just a generational thing. I don't know. So clearly you've painted thousands of pieces. You know, is there a climax or a high mark where you can finally stop and exhale. Is there a point in a writer's career where he's done enough and he's proven himself? No, I think it's like, you know, it's like, it's just different genres, right? Like, like if, if life is about art and, you know, your whole life book is art, graffiti would just be one genre and then abstract painting would be another and then pencil drawings would be another and then sculptures would be another. So if you get burnt out of one thing, you just kind of move over to the next thing, keep skipping around, but I don't think you're ever done, you know? I know what you're going to ask him, Vance. Don't ask him that. Don't. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Risky Business? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I was just dying to ask that. You know, as writers uh, pursue a long-term career in the graph game, at what point should they go uh, legal? You know, is there a process or a grid that they should follow? You know, what do you think is acceptable? Yeah, I think that has to happen. I mean, that's, that's a multiple-part question. I think it has to happen um, organically. You know, I think it's just, I don't think people should plan it. It should just, if an opportunity arises, they explore it. But I definitely think that, you know, graffiti artists should definitely know the history and roots and, and be well seasoned before they're celebrated in a gallery, so to speak. I think a gallery is a privilege for people. I don't think it's just like anyone should do it. And I think they need to know the history, you know, they need to know where it came from before they do that. Have you noticed that painting as a career does that kind of take, you know, the fun out of painting? I mean, obviously you love to paint and you've pursued it as a lifestyle. Obviously, when you get money involved, has that altered your feeling towards painting? Now you're like, oh, shit, I got to paint this this fucking canvas or is it work? No, not at all, man. It's like, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, sometimes it's definitely work, you know, but it's fun, you know, because it's cool because I'm kind of, uh... I'm kind of wild, you know, so when I go out painting, it's not just painting, it's the whole thing, it's the eating, the bars, the the, the hanging out with the boys, all, all that shit, so it's just another opportunity to get out and, and uh, fuck around, but at the same time get paid. You know, the aesthetic of a human can change your perception of them, you know, one way or another. You have long hair and a beard, and it seemed like you were kind of rocking that style before it became trendy. Now it seems like every asshole has a beard. And every asshole is trying to have long hair. Um, are you a biker? You know what? Where does that style? Are you a lumberjack? I mean, where the hell does that shit come from? Family? What? Yeah, you know, I was always a rocker. Uh, I did get into a little hip hop and, and punk rock, but I was definitely always a rocker. When I grew up in New Orleans, um, there were some Hell's Angels on my street that kind of raised me when I was a little kid, and maybe that wore off a little bit. You know, I got a bunch of bikes and a lot of friends that are bikers and stuff like that so you know it's just a product of my environment I guess um, but it's funny you say that because you know 
you know, nowadays it's like everyone has a beard and you know you talk to people and you realize you have nothing in common with them you're like fuck this dude looks like he was cool he's a fucking idiot <laughs> well it, I met you I think it was probably about four or five years ago and uh, you had long hair and a beard you looked about the same you were the only asshole out of a crowd of about 60 that had those those features and now that same crowd there's maybe seven that don't so it's just it is it's a trend of some sort but i think you were kind of you know at the forefront of it that's what i was trying to get at let's see um so normally we ask older writers advice for younger you know writers but and i would ask you know what is uh your advice to writers say in their 30s Going into their 40s, I mean, is this shit worth it? I mean, should they stick with it? Well, I think that they, you know, I think people should do whatever whatever makes them tick, right? And, you know, whatever inspires you, you should do, and you should do it cold force. And if you believe in it, you should do it. My only thing is, you know, for new graffiti writers is make sure they know the history of, of something, because there's nothing worse than dudes coming out there and trying to act like this is part of their subculture, and they don't know anything. Because you don't have to be the best. You don't have to do a legal graffiti. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything but yourself. But you do have to know the history of it. You know, if you're a woodworker, if you're a you know, mechanic, whatever it is, you have to know the history of where all this shit came from and why. Definitely. Now, when you were, you know, a younger writer, I were involved with Can Control. You know, you painted with power uh, quite a bit. You ran, uh, you know, third rail. You had a lot of opportunities in the game. Do you think your skill... Was what, or do you think it's your hard work, your ethics, your who you are? Are you funny? I mean, what? You know, there's a company. I think it's Goodyear Tires. It's whatever, but they have this motto on top of the door when you walk in the building. It says, "A company that'll never know completion." And I thought that shit was the coolest shit I ever saw in my life. So I was like, I want to be an artist that never knows completion. So I'm always trying to finish one thing on to the next. You know. Like, and people say, you know, what, what do you have planned for the future? I don't have any plans for the future. Cause like, if you, know, if you have plans for the future, that means that, you know, the ride is over. And, and so far, life has been a pretty fucking good ride for me and I don't want it to end. So I just keep going, you know, whatever happens, happens. As long as it's cool shit, I'm down for it. You know, it seems like you were spot on early on, you know, in your career. You know, you took a trip to uh, New York. And I'm sure there's a lot of L.A. guys, especially ones I've met, that have never been out of fucking L.A. So what yeah. what made you, um, what gave you the foresight to go to New York and start to travel? And this is probably before people were really, you know, traveling, honestly. Yeah, well, you know, also, New York was the mecca of graffiti, you know. So me as a graffiti artist, I had to go paint trains, you know. That was just mandatory, you know. That was mandatory thing for me to do. So it was just a no-brainer to me, you know? That was something, like, I didn't understand why anyone wasn't doing that, you know? We basically hitchhiked to New York. We got there, we didn't have any money, we racked our food. So it's not, it has nothing to do with money. It's like anyone can do it. And I just didn't understand why any graffiti artist from anywhere in the world wouldn't want to go to, to the Mecca and paint, you know? That's that's uh, definitely <laughs> impressive. Traveling has always been a thing, and people go to events, but a lot of people didn't just wing it. I don't know if you guys had contacts or not, but... You sound like you guys just winged it, said, fuck it, let's paint, you know? Yeah, we did that. We had contacts. You know, I didn't, but Dante did. Dante was from New York. So when we first got there, we went to Reese's house and Chino and Ben and Ghost and Reese and all these dudes were there. And Dante's like, yo, whatever you do, don't tell these dudes you paint. Don't fucking hang out with these dudes. It's going to ruin the trip, all this shit. So the first thing I did was like, yo, what's up? I paint. Let's go paint trains. 
And Dante's like, oh, man. And then he just left me. And I hung out with those dudes the whole trip and just had a great time. When you first started painting, seeing, you know, some of the most famous, you know, artists and obviously some guys like Sass came, you know, later. And you've had an opportunity to paint with, you know, some world-class, you know, artists. Has that changed the way that you paint? Do you think you changed them? I mean, what's it like, you know, painting with basically some serious, you know, fucking all-stars? Is it anything? I think it's it's both. I think, you know, I learned from them. They learned from me. You know, when we're in the studio, we're constantly doing each other's shit. Like, you know, let's do this canvas. And Tina will be like, I do them like this. Or Seth will be like, I do them like this. Or I'll be like, I do them like this. And we just paint together. So we all learn from each other. I think it's just... Uh, a mutual respect and uh, it's kind of like a good feeling to hang out with some of your peers that you kind of respect you know and it's fun to paint with have you noticed guys like Scene and Sass just you know that their personalities go along with yours in a sense that a bond there that there wouldn't be in most artists yeah well Scene you know for example you know we we're so alike we didn't want to hang out for years you know 20 years ago we knew each other we're cordial but we didn't want to hang out we're like I don't know, whatever. And then we were forced to, to work together on a project and we're exactly the same person. You know, he's in the bikes, he's in the same music, you know, the same shit. And we became, we're best friends. He actually just bought the house next door to mine. So, you know, we're sharing studios and, and whatnot and building bikes together. So it's kind of a cool feeling to run into people in the scene that were so, you know, we were outcasts at one time, right? And now it's like, you know, people think it's cool. A good friend of mine, Frost, uh, recently caught you, Sess, and Scene all on the same car. And I thought, damn, that's like 70 years of service on one freaking panel. And uh, kind of mind-blowing. Growing up as an artist, art is a pretty important thing. Having, you know, passion is a priceless thing. Have you noticed that when you were heartbroken or strung out or starving or homeless or whatever that all those emotions have, you know, made you, you know, a better artist? Yeah, I don't know if it makes you a better artist, but you definitely notice it. Like, you know, I remember um, I racked a bunch of, like, uh, leather brown, baby blue, and cool as yellow. I had tons of it, right? I couldn't use it for shit. And um, I did this, I broke up with this chick, and I did this fuck you piece on top of this uh, department store when I broke up with her because I was all pissed off and everything. And... I hated those colors because I had too many of them. I hate leather brown to this day. And uh, it's kind of funny because it's like shit just transpires with you, you know, like my emotions. Like if I'm doing an ugly piece, it'll be kind of that color palette. And if I'm doing a happy piece, it's like got the fluorescence and the brights and shit like that. I mean, it definitely influences your artwork. I don't know if it makes you better, but I guess it makes it um, easier for people to um, transcribe. Interesting. Probably seen thousands of riders come and go a lot of people are trying to come back and a lot of people that take say 10 years off or something they feel like they deserve to be in the same place in line they were when they left should the culture just absorb and pick up where they left off or should people have to start over like not really what's fair is fair but uh that's why you've had you know most of your uh, successes i think it's like you're as good as your last piece man and listen if they can come back and burn cool if they come back and they're whack, they're whack. You know, that's it, you know? I see a lot of dudes out there, like, talking mad shit about where they should be, and I'm like, motherfucker, you can't even hold a can anymore. What the fuck are you talking about, you know? So, yeah, it's all good if you can paint, but if you can't, you know, you gotta... It's like anything else. It's like a sports or anything else. You, you're not gonna be in the starting lineup if you suck. 
So that's perfect. You just have to get out there and do it, you know? That's good shit. So you traveled the world and painted. Is there any advice you can uh, give us? I mean, is it dangerous? Is there shit to look out for? I mean, what, what can you tell us? Yeah, man. You know, when you travel, it's good to kind of find the people from that area that know what's up. You know, that's always a good thing because, you know, we, we spent a lot of time traveling back in the day and got in a lot of trouble because we didn't know what's up. But we also had a lot of great times. You know, it's, it's just, it's like anything else. You know, you just want to know what's going on. You do a little research, you know. You don't want to get your shit stolen. You don't want to get jacked, you know, all that shit. And different places are different. You got to know, you know, like, you know, it sounds funny, but you got to know, like, people like to hit people with glasses here. People like to hit people with bats here. People like to shoot people there. You need to know all that shit, you know? Yeah. You know, we went to England and, you know, there are towns, don't get too close in bars because people will glass you, you know, hit you with their, their, their glasses under your eye. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, it's shit that, you, you know, you have to be put up on game, you know? Damn, that's crazy. You know, having a family, you have, uh, I think, four kids, you know, kind of a full-time uh, art gig. You know, is it hard to find the balance in having a family? I mean, is it, uh, a lot of people probably in this game don't have kids. I mean, is it is it a blessing? Is it a curse? Are you, you know, how do you balance well, art and family? I'm truly blessed because, you know, my kids probably saved my life because I was running around getting, you know, doing three-day benders and all that shit. Now I just can't because of my kids. But the, the cool thing for me was I was able to, you know, buy a big house and, and do, build a studio in the backyard. So I work with my kids nonstop. So they paint with me every day. So I'm pretty lucky. I'm blessed. Um, for me, it's been nothing but a great experience. And, you know, they're artists and they see the world differently. And, you know, they have uncles that are hell's angels and they have uncles that are a revoke and seen. And, you know, they have college funds that revoke and seen and all these people give them canvases for their college funds. And, you know, it's been a blessing for me. You know, I, I guess everybody who, It'd be different for everybody, but for me, it's been probably the the most, uh, you know, the biggest blessing of my life. Well, it sounds like you had a fucking impeccable ride, man, honestly. I don't know if your life is, you know, duplicatable, and this book really puts a lot of your career, you know, into perspective. So, do you think the book becomes the highlight, you know, of the career? I mean, what the hell is the next chapter? Because this thing is crammed with... With stories and photos, I mean, now you're going to fill up a whole other fucking book in the next, you know, five years, or? Yeah, we're definitely working on the next book already. We're definitely uh, working on a movie. It has nothing to do with me. Uh, I'm doing a movie with Benicio Del Toro called Vandal, and it has nothing to do with me. It's about fictional graffiti writers, but it's just cool. It's cool for our movement, you know, for people to see a major feature film about graffiti writers. It's going to be dope. Yeah, a lot of shit, man. It's just working. Stay busy. Open the gallery. Got a show this weekend. That's pretty dope. I get super stressed out because I got too much work, and 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 then I, I I step back and be like, damn, I better stop complaining. I'm lucky. You know, careful what you wish for. Hey Vance, let's wrap this up. We barely got time for one more question. Duh. No problem, Doc. You know, I was watching like a CSI LA or something the other day, and I saw a risk throw up in the background. It's in one of the shots, one of the scenes. I thought to myself, does risk give a shit about that? I mean, after all the fucking notoriety and feedback and love you've gotten if you were sitting down watching tv and you saw that does shit like that still turn you on or are you kind of you know like immune Nah, you know what i mean it's always cool to see because you know you got up and everything but the coolest part for me is when like daughters run the room and go dad dad you're on tv that's yeah having your kids seeing your art on tv that's pretty priceless uh that couldn't happen to a better guy a great father and a legendary writer I want to thank you very much, Risk, for coming on the show, and it was good talking to you, man. Anybody interested in this book, uh, go to riskrock.com. Great book. 
and uh, support the guy, you know? You know, we love this creep. We're out of here. Vance and Doc signing off. We'll see you on the next Crime Time. You know, we love those conjugal visits.